I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of EPS for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's question will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Passante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you, Larry? I'm good. How are you? Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm cold. I want the (laughs) weather to warm up. (laughs) Cold and icy. Are you ready? Good to go. Today's first question is, last Thursday, Facebook stock posted the largest one-day plunge in stock market history, falling 26% and losing $250 billion in market capitalization. The next day, Amazon posted the biggest one-day gain in U.S. stock market history, surging 14% and adding $191 billion in market cap. Why did this happen? And what does it mean for my funds and portfolio? Well, first off, single stock uh, recommendations. We're not making any right now. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell either one of these. So what happened with Facebook really appears to be a Facebook-specific problem with a declining, deteriorating user base. Other companies who reported really like a day later, uh, Snapchat, Pinterest, other social type of companies really didn't see the same problem, although they had seen it in the last six months in terms of realistically, the the real problem here for Facebook is Apple, ironically. So over the summer, Apple changed some of the payment uh, structure of everything inside of the app store. It's referred to as IDFA, and it particularly pertains to advertising. So Apple saw how big these advertising platforms had become and the type of revenue that they were actually generating, and they changed the payment structure. So Apple's taking a much larger slice of anything social advertising, um, which is interesting because Facebook actually sidestepped this problem last quarter, while other social companies like Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat, they came under a lot of pressure. Now, Facebook's actually feeling it, and the other companies seem to have lapped it and be beyond it. So it really seems to be a Facebook type of user decline. And you're sort of seeing a little bit across the board in a lot of companies that really were COVID beneficiaries as a, in the social space where people were in the virtual world more. Now, Facebook has known that this is more of a problem as it's transitioned to the metaverse. They've changed their name. They've tried to rebrand, and they're basically pointing in another direction the revenue that's been generated by the meta platform was only sequentially up about $100 million year over year, while the spending on it was up about $3.3 billion. So Facebook is really trying to pivot to a new platform because they know that long-term, the current version of the company, which is really Instagram and Facebook, which generates a pretty significant chunk of their advertising revenue, that's going to be in secular decline, whereas Oculus, VR, Metaverse, that's going to be long-term where the company is actually going to see its uh, sequential growth. So when stocks go down as much as Facebook did in a day, I have a phrase, and Phil will probably laugh at this because I say it all the time, I put them in the penalty box for a while, um, where if you own it, I really don't do anything with it. I kind of watch and wait to see if there's any sequential movement in terms of long-term trends. I wait a little bit to buy it because a decline of that extent is um, in magnitude. 
I, I think that you could see further leakage and just kind of like the people selling saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to throw in the towel on this. I mean, from an enterprise value standpoint, Facebook is not an overly expensive company. You just need to see growth come back into the platform. So you're saying I, I, it's not necessarily a buying opportunity at this moment. It's probably going to be at some point in time. I think the data just has to confirm it in terms of revenue trends. Now, what probably happened is they probably sandbagged their revenue guidance to 3 to 11% year over year to a point where they'll probably be able to beat it. But when you see mega cap stocks of this size, like Facebook, Amazon, adding 250, losing $250 billion in market cap in a day, like that's not an overall healthy environment. I mean, no, Snapchat think- goes down 22% the day before and 60% the day after earnings. You're talking about billions of dollars of swings in market cap, which in essence is not an overall healthy market, in my opinion. You so could tell this is late, late cycle behavior, right? Companies are being priced to perfection. So the market's got a very low tolerance, right, for, for upsets. Um, and you could see the money is not sticky because people do think this could be late stage, right? It appears to be late stage market behavior where you do have those swings in, in valuations that are so uh, tremendous. I guess the good thing, right, If you so that's the negatives. The good thing might be, though, is that it is working on both sides. Larry, if we remember back to the late 90s, right, you know, everything went up on good or bad news. Uh, and increase market cap day after day on good or bad news. That's not happening. So the professionals in this market have really learned right to watch out for that. Uh, but albeit it's causing these swings. I'll tell you what though, bad timing by Facebook board over the past you know several quarters having tremendous buybacks uh, and then getting shellacked last week like that. So big buyback programs by management probably ill timed. I don't know. Um, they thought the stock was cheap then. It's Obviously, they're going to you know reassess that, and it's a lot cheaper than it was now. Yeah, what's well, ironic too on the Amazon front, like Amazon's actually lapping its really difficult comparisons right now. So, yeah. and Amazon is really like six different com- like six separate companies all blended into one. Well, look at the Facebook fear, right? That it caused that morning when Amazon, before they reported earnings, was down seven eight percent all day. Yeah. You know, up until around noontime, it, it had a really tough day. So market cap, just from that Facebook effect, was pretty bad until obviously the earnings were reported. So yeah, you're right now, this is a big swings. What's really interesting is too, you know, we talk about the fact that the market's been weak, but we don't see a recession realistically on the horizon. It's rising interest rates, compressing yield curve, all those type of things. People want a large cap stock to buy, right? And if Facebook is not going to be it, Amazon might be as a result of this latest earnings report because it's really hard to poke any holes in that one. Yeah. Great. Okay, guys. Um, here's the second question. Last week, you said it would be hard for the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond to go north of 2.5%. Well, days later, the 10-year yield hit 1.93%. The level it lasts on December 2019. Now, you know bond prices fall when bond yields rise, and we've seen a lot of bond ETFs experience huge outflows. Now, I thought bonds were my cushion when stocks fall. What does this mean for my portfolio? That is several questions into one, and I'll gladly take it. Um, well, it was so, a, lot of, a lot of commentary before. Now, very, very well. Uh, well done. So, okay. Firstly, um, yeah, we think that rates really uh, don't go past 230 to 250 on the 10-year treasury, uh, up meaningfully, right, from where they were uh, last year. 
Um, so in a rising rate environment, okay, stocks have typically done okay, okay? Bonds have typically done okay. The problem that we're having right now is nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, are the inflationary numbers. And when you look at inflation coming into the system, typically when inflation is gauged by the CPI, Consumer Price Index, on a rolling 12-month basis, if it's averaged more than 6%, which you're 6 or 7% right now, not rolling, but we're getting close, stocks and bonds have typically been down over 4% a piece. So that's the difference right now that we're going through. We're going through an inflationary environment where the Fed might be behind the curve. Now, to Mike's earlier point, twos and tens spread between the two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury. Yes, the 10-year treasury has gone up. The, the spreads have gone from something like, uh, I think about 1.80 or 160 basis points, 160 basis points at, at the widest margin. Again, you buy a two-year treasury, that, that returns, you know, you're going to get your money back in two years. If you go out 10, you expect to get paid longer for holding that debt instrument from the U.S. government for eight, eight years longer. That spread is tightened now to around a little bit below 60 basis points. What's that mean? If that 10-year and that spread fell below, it would mean an inversion of the yield curve. We don't see that now. There's three rate hikes factored in that spread between the twos and tens right now. However, the Fed's talking about four rate hikes. So we think the bond market has priced in, you know, most of where they're going to be able to go. Uh, you had a wild week last, uh, last week in jobs numbers. You had the ADP reports down big, and then you had the jobless numbers up, you know, really well. So you're seeing a lot of volatility, which typically happens at inflection points. So I think that that 10-year, I still maintain, has a tough time going over 2.5%. I got to tell you, if you look at the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index, okay, when the Fed has typically raised rates, if you go back, you know, 11 of the past 12 rate hikes, uh, bonds have typically returned around 3%. So it really has not affected the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index that much. Again, this time is different with the inflation numbers coming in. But with the Barclays aggregate bond index down, I don't know, three, three something percent, close to three percent this morning. Again, if you're taking a long term view to your portfolio, you know, you buy bonds not so much for that paltry yield. You buy bonds to make capital appreciation or the potential to make capital appreciation long term and for safety and diversification of your portfolio. So if you got to fill up that 60, 40, that 40 percent, 50, 50, that 50 percent in bonds. Down 3% last year, close to it. Down 3% this year, close to it. Inflation might eventually ease out of here. I think in a diversified portfolio, you have to stay diversified and you have to hold bonds. And now maybe a good you know, starting point to add those. So, Yeah, it's one of those other situations too, where every single time that the Federal Reserve has hiked rates post-financial crisis, long-term rates have gone down, not yes. up. Yep. So bonds, especially longer duration bonds, are priced more on the 10-year. So the short end of the yield curve has really been going up to price in all these rate hikes. The long end has been drifting higher. But if inflation and economic growth sequentially slow in the middle of this year, and by April, Economic data is absolutely going to slow because you're going to be on a year-over-year -year basis because you're going to be comping against some of the strongest numbers ever because the year before you were comping against the worst numbers ever. 
that's going to price in a sequential slowdown at the same time the Fed's hiking. Let's that, look at history too, right, Mike? Like in the 80s, right? You know, by the end of the decade, you were getting double digits on treasuries. In the mm-hmm. 90s, it went to below 10%, maybe an 8 to 10% number, right? Uh, 2000s, you know, below 5%. Now half, right? Two and a half looks to be the average type of yield uh, you can get on these instruments. So I think historically, as rates, you know, have gone down in the, into this, uh, it's going to be tough for them to go meaningfully higher. Yeah. Like, is the Fed going to intentionally invert the yield curve to fight inflation? I think that's pure insanity if they do. Yeah, I, I doubt that would happen, uh, yeah. especially with the economy cooling right here. And and you look around, look at some of the data. Some of the data definitely shows that you're you're cooling a little bit. ISM manufacturing, the only data that really doesn't is jobs, but jobs is a late cycle indicator. But all the ISM report, reports have already started slowing. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our new email address at question at to questiontuesday.com, and we will be back next week. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys.